If you have your Westover app, I invite you to join me right now. If you have a Bible and you want to turn to it, open it or turn it on to Ephesians chapter 6. And this week, before we get into the holiday activities, I want to share a message that's on my heart. I want to talk to you about intercessory prayer. And I've entitled this, Against the Wind. Against the Wind. There is a story in the gospel when which Jesus tells his disciples to get in a boat and go to the other side. And the 12 disciples get in the boat. They're doing what Jesus said. They're doing it the way Jesus said. They're doing it when Jesus said. But yet the Bible says a storm came upon the, upon the, the, the lake of Galilee The King James Version says, and the wind was contrary. Another version says, and the wind was against them. Have you ever felt like the wind is against you? Every parent in here, you sense that. You sense there is a wind of culture that is resisting your values and undermining the the values you're instilling in your family right now, there is a headwind against you. Every single parent feels it. That, that you, you do your best and you give your all to your children. But sometimes the other parent stands in opposition, doesn't hold your values, and you feel the, the headwind. Your schedule is such you're trying to be mom and dad and You feel overwhelmed. The wind is against you. You work in corporations today. You can't can't say the name of Jesus in celebration. You can't say, God bless you, that's not allowed. You can't lift up the name of God in worship. But somebody else in the company can take the name of God and drag it through the mud and vulgarity and use the name of the Lord in vain, and it still is all right with HR policy. Somehow, that seems like an inequity. The wind is against us. Some of us feel like this entire year there's been an, an onslaught, a relentless pushback, resistance, trouble, turmoil, just things that stand against you and, and seem to, to resist God's purpose and God's plan that you're trying, to, you're trying to achieve. Some of you thought, you know, by, by the end of the year, we're going to be out of debt, and you're not there, and it seems to elude you and seems further away than it did a year ago. The, the wind is against you. There's a wind in culture today that pushes against our biblical values. There's a wind that resists everything God is seeking to do in our lives. Let's talk about intercessory prayer today. At the close of this message, I'm going to invite the worship team to come back out and we're going to have a time of prayer. We're going to have an altar time. We're going to take time to present our needs to the Lord so I invite you to prepare your heart for that moment. Twice in my life, I've had the privilege of buying a brand new automobile. Now, the person that gets all the new automobiles is my wife. And I get the hand-me-downs. Does that work in anybody else's family that way? 
Denise selects the cars. She selects the automobiles. And then five or six years down the road, I inherit hers. And then she gets a new automobile. That's how it works in our family. But, but twice in my entire life, I've had the privilege of walking on the lot and choosing the color. And I enjoy the new car smell. I, I, I get to read the manual, figure out all the buttons for, for me. I get to put all the settings in that, that I like twice in my entire life. The first time I ever got a brand new vehicle, I had bought a used truck, and I drove that used truck for 16 years. You believe I got my money out of it? Yes. And then I was going to buy a new vehicle. I bought a brand new Jimmy truck. What a good name, Jimmy. Isn't that just a, that just almost sounds like it's from God, doesn't it, huh? A Jimmy truck. The, I got to choose the color. I got to get exactly what I wanted in this truck. And I bought the truck, and right away they said, you know that brand new trucks are a target for thieves. Really? Yes. They have chop shops all over, and they'll take your vehicle out and just, they'll, they'll part it out, and they'll make so much money, and I, you, you better protect your truck. And I said, I don't keep it in the garage, so what, what can I do? Say, well, you ought to. You ought to get an alarm on your, on your new truck to protect it. And I, I don't want anybody driving off with the first brand new automobile I've ever bought. I, I, I wanted to protect my truck. So right away, almost within 48 hours, I've got it in. And they're putting an alarm on it. Because I want to make sure nobody drives off with my new Jimmy truck. The guy putting the alarm on said, you know... All they have to do with this alarm is pop the hood and they, they reach over with wire cutters and they cut one wire and they disarm your alarm system and they'll steal your, just steal your truck. I said, I really didn't want to know that. I really didn't want to know. What, 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 can I do to, what can I do to solve that? He said, you need to buy a hood lock. A hood lock? What's that? He showed me. He said, we sell them. You sell them? What is it? It locks the hood so no one can just pop the hood cut the wire, and drive off with your new truck. I said, I've got to have a hood lock. <laughs> My old truck, you could leave the keys in it. It didn't have air conditioning. It didn't have power steering. It didn't have power brake. Nobody wanted my old truck, but I don't want anybody driving off with my new truck, okay? So they're going to install a hood lock. He said, you know, they still tailgates. I said, no, I did not know they still tailgates. <laughs> yeah, they make the new trucks where... You lower it and you just pop it out, and he says it's it's a big business. They still tailgates. They still tailgates. I didn't know that. How can I stop? He said we sell a tailgate lock, so no one can steal your tailgate. I said I got to have a tailgate lock. So I have an alarm, I have a hood lock, I have a tailgate lock. I'm taking care of. Before he's done, he said I need you to know something. They can just open the door. Just take a screwdriver, open the door, and even while the alarm is sounding on it, they take a screwdriver, these people, he said, then they just they hit the column, steering column. It's just made out of plastic, and he said they can go in there with two wires real quickly, start the car and drive it. He said two minutes, they're gone, even with an alarm. How come you didn't tell me this before you sold me the alarm? What can I do? He said you need to put a steel collar on the column so that they can't do that. 
Do you sell it? Yes, by chance we sell a steel collar to protect it from somebody stealing your, stealing your truck. I said, well, I, I've got to have one because I'm not going to have anybody steal my new truck, my first brand new truck. So I, I, I got an alarm. I had a hood lock, a tailgate lock, and a steel collar over the column. Within two days, they stole, they stole my spare tire. <laughs> yes. He never sold me a lock for my spare tire, and my spare tire was gone. You know, there's a thief out there trying to steal everything from you. Stay with me. I'm talking spiritually now. Somebody is driving off with your blessing. Somebody is wanting to take the peace from your heart. Somebody is going to try to steal your marriage. Somebody's going to try to steal your kids from you. Somebody's going to try to steal God's blessing and provision. Somebody is driving your blessing. Somebody got your promotion. Somebody else got your raise. Somebody else got your scholarship. Somebody else is receiving the benefits you should have received. Somebody else is sitting in your seat. Somebody else got the blessing that was intended for you because a thief came in and stole what was yours. Some of us have labored and believed and prayed that God was going to do it. And on the cusp, on the threshold of it, all of a sudden it was taken from us. There's a thief out there to steal. I'm talking about spiritual warfare. We need to be aware of spiritual warfare. I'm talking about intercessory prayer. Most of us in our prayer, we spend our prayer life telling God, asking God, or complaining to God. Much of our prayer life, that's what it is. Much of our prayer life, we're on the, we're on the defense and not the offense. Much of our prayer life, we're responding to it after it's broken, after the family is in turmoil, after, the, after our son and daughter made the wrong choice, after there's havoc in the home, after there's brokenness in our life, we're praying, God, fix it up and repair it. We're on the defense with our prayer and not on the offense. I'm summonsing us to intercessory prayer. Intercessory. How do you know if you're in spiritual warfare? Well, the Bible gives us a few insights. If you allow me, I'm going to just cover a few. How do you know if you're in spiritual warfare? And some of us are, and we perhaps don't even know it. One sign you're in spiritual warfare is a loss of spiritual desire. A loss of spiritual desire is when when you're not fervent about the things of God in worship as you used to be, you lost your motivation. For some of us, we, need to be, we used to be very engaged in ministry. We were serving in ministry, and, and, and you've retired from ministry. You said, I'm not going to serve anymore, and you have fallen into just a habit of just kind of coming when you want and leaving, and you're not engaged in church ministry anymore. For some of us, we used to be a worshiper, but now 
Worship doesn't excite our heart. Some of us used to go to God's Word, and we were fervently reading Scripture, but we just occasionally do it. And as we seem occupied with other things, a loss of spiritual desire, it's spiritual warfare. You see, Satan wants to steal your passion from God, for God. Another sign of spiritual warfare is physical fatigue. Now, I know sometimes we work, put in 50, 60 hours, got projects going on, have final exams we're working on, and we burn them in idle. I get that at times that you're just, you have an unusual schedule. But I, I'm not talking about just the unusual schedule. I'm talking about when you, when you always feel drained. When you don't sleep well at night, you get sleep, but you don't rest. Are, are, are you in a season where you're experiencing fitful rest at night? You, you, your, your sleep is disturbed. For that reason, you wake up and you've watched every infomercial in the middle of the night on TV and you don't understand why. Why can't I rest? Why can't I sleep? Why, why is it I'm disturbed? Because Satan will fight you with, with, with physical fatigue. In the book of Daniel, it talks about Satan coming against God's people. And here's what it says, and he will wear out the believers of the Most High. He will wear you down. And there's, there's some mothers here that you feel, you feel constantly drained. You feel like you have no time for yourself. Be very careful be very careful. That, that can take you into an unhealthy place spiritually. Another sign of, of spiritual warfare is, is chronic discouragement. Chronic discouragement. A strong urge to quit your assignment. Chronic discouragement. It just discouraged about everything. Sometimes we're, we're disappointed about one thing, but when it becomes everything, when you're discouraged about the family and the finances and the job and your health and your future and you've lost your dreams and you just you feel discouraged about everything and you haven't voiced it but you, you're saying to yourself in the inside, I, I, I just can't wait till I, my, my kids grow up and get away and I I would just like to retire, and you're years away from retirement. You just you just want to check out of life. You want to give out of life. You just you wish you had a different life, and you wish you were in a different situation. And, and some of us you know, will express, you know what? I believe God called me to this. I believe God put me on planet Earth for a reason. There's a ministry that you feel like God uses you in, but you say, I don't want to do it anymore. You want to quit your assignment. Prolonged financial distress is another sign of spiritual warfare. Jesus said there's a thief that comes to kill and steal and to destroy. I'm not talking about the car battery goes out. I'm talking about it's all the time. It seems like you have one financial setback after another, after another, after another, after another and you feel like you can never get your head above water and the ends can never meet. Drawn, being drawn back into an old bondage. The book of Ephesians talks about putting away and separating ourselves 
from, from the former things. And then all of a sudden, the former things are creeping back into our life. We're doing things that God delivered us from in the past. We're thinking things that we'd put away in the past. We find ourselves using language and vocabulary. We know God freed us from, but we're saying it and we're doing it. Some of our old habits and old ways and temperament and personality traits that we really believe God had freed us from, it has a place back into our life, spiritual warfare. Let me list one more. Intense and continuous family conflict. Intense and continuous family conflict. You can get in a place that the very thing that is God's blessing in your life, then all of a sudden you're in a, just in a season where there's conflict in the home all the time. And we, we can attribute it, well, it's a personality or it's adolescence they're going through or whatever, but you can't get along. In fact, there's, there's, there's profound conflict between you and your, your kids, between you and your stepson or stepdaughter, between you and your spouse, between you and some of your in-laws, and you won't go there, and you don't want them around you. That already you're saying, and already there's a conversation going on in the home. <coughs> Excuse me. You don't want to be around certain people during the holiday season, and, and that's an area of conflict, intense conflict in the home. It could, be, it could be spiritual warfare. With that in mind, I invite you to go with me to the book of Ephesians, chapter number 6. And there's two verses I want to read to you. Then I'm going to unpack one of these thoughts, and then we're going to go into a moment of worship and prayer. Ephesians, chapter number 6, is this section that's known as the armament of God. Verse number 10, right before, if you have a print Bible, it may even say the armor of God. This is where we have the listing of the helmet of salvation, the sword of the Spirit, the, what's called the armor of God. Please read with me in verse number 12. And I want you to notice in verse number 12 the frequency of the word against. We're talking about against the wind. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood. It's really not your brother-in-law. It's really not your boss. It's really not your stepdaughter. Our, our conflict is not against flesh and blood, but against rulers, against authorities, against powers of this dark world, and against spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. What is it saying? Some of the things that are against us have nothing to do with the people we work with or associate with or the conditions and circumstances we're going through, it's spiritual warfare. Verse number 18. Most people, when they read about the spiritual armament of God, they stop at verse number 17. But verse number 18 continues and ties it all together. Here it is. Four times in this verse, the word all appears. And pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, 
be alert always, keep on praying for all the Lord's people. Notice that. All kinds of prayers and requests. There's all kinds of prayers. There's Lord bless me and God bless them. God bless the food. There's all kinds of prayers. Occasionally, probably you've heard somebody say, don't come to church to get a blessing. Come to church to be a blessing. I'll take issue with that. There's nothing wrong with saying I want to go to church to get a blessing. The Bible says, come before him and pray in the spirit with all kinds of requests. There's nothing wrong with saying, God, bless me. God, heal me. God, strengthen me. God, renew me. There's nothing wrong with that whatsoever. In fact, the Bible encourages us to pray that. But there is a type of prayer, spiritual warfare prayer, that's called spiritual intercession, intercessory prayer. Intercessory prayer is intentional, intense, and continual prayer for a need or for the needs of others. It's, it's intentional, intense, and continual for needs or the needs of others. The intercessor, the intercessor holds on to the promise of God while pursuing the purpose of God. And some of us were holding on to the promise of God. God, God gave you a promise that your, your career would advance. God gave you a promise you'd be healed. God gave you a promise that you would, your, your heart would be, would be restored from the brokenness, the divorce, the addiction, the failure, the defeat, the, the, the depression. That's the promise of God, and an intercessor holds on to the promise of God while waiting the purpose of God, the fulfillment of that promise. Intercessory prayer. Intercessory prayer releases the purposes of God on earth. Intercessory prayer releases the purposes of God on earth. what Jesus said. Pray this prayer. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Do you know heaven has a different view of your, of your world and your, your life than what you see right now? You say, well, my, I, I feel like I'm shortchanged and I'm, I feel like I'm beat up and I'm discouraged. I, I feel like things are not progressing. I feel like the rug has been yanked out from underneath me. That's how it looks on earth. But Jesus said, pray, your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. Heaven has a different view of your life. Heaven, God has a different perspective of your life. And intercessory prayer is that intentional, intense, and continuous prayer. Holding on to God's promise while pursuing God's purpose in your life. Number two, let me share with you. Intercessory prayer is a supernatural activity that produces supernatural results. It's a supernatural activity that produces supernatural results. Jesus said this, and you probably remember. He said, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Sometimes, sometimes God in his he in, is in heaven saying, I'm waiting for you to catch up with what I want to do in your life. Sometimes we, we, we go through the, 
we, we go through it and, and God is saying, I just can't wait till you, you have it. Have you, ever, have you ever bought a gift for somebody and it's wrapped and it's under the tree, the Christmas tree? And you'll hear them talk, I just, I need this. And they'll talk about the gift you're going to give them. You'll talk about it. And they'll say, I need it so bad. I'm the, I've been needing one so bad. And guess what? They, the, it, it, the one I have is not working. The one I'm going to have to replace as soon as I get the money. And you're go, they're going on and on. And all the time you say, it's under the tree. You just don't know. If you just hold on 10 more days, you're going to see it. 10 more days. And then you go down. Now the. Now the ninth day of Christmas and the eighth day, you're, you're doing the countdown because you know what's in store. Can I tell you, God's doing the countdown. Heaven is saying, heaven is saying you're healed, you're free, you're restored, and we're rehearsing our brokenness. And he said, loose it. How do you loose it? How do you free it? Through intercessory prayer, that intense, intentional, continual prayer, holding on to God's promise while you're pursuing his purpose. Yes, David and Goliath go out in the battlefield. Goliath looked like a professional wrestler. You know, you know those bodybuilders? He comes out there. The fact the Bible actually describes how big he is and how formidable he looks. And David walks out, and he has no armament on him. All he has is the promise of God. He said, I'm going to go out there because he's defiant the Lord God Almighty. You know that we're more powerful with a promise in our heart than the enemy is with, an e with a weapon in his hand. You're more powerful with God's promise in your heart than an enemy is with a weapon in his hand. And God says that intercessory prayer, it looses, it frees things up in the heavenly realm for God to do something on the earthly realm in your life. Some of us are thinking about jumping ship and getting out. Some of us are so discouraged, so beat up. Can I tell you? God wants to do something in your life today. God wants to give you a breakthrough. In fact, if you're interested in intercessory prayer, they're going to put a screen here. I'd like to train you on intercessory prayer and how to be an intercessor. All you need to do is text the word pray to this number. And in the new year, I'm going to get together with people that want to learn how, how to move in intercessory prayer and how to live the freedom and procure the purpose while holding on to the promise. Why? Because God has something special for you. Just the other day, Denise and I, in fact, last week, we were in Houston. We went to a, a meeting. I have a board meeting once a month in Houston. I went to the board meeting after it was over. One of the other board members is a pastor in Houston. He said, let's go out to my favorite Mexican restaurant. I said, oh, I love that. Let's go. So I went to this Mexican food restaurant there in Houston. We sat down. Denise was on my left-hand side, and I sat here. Across the table was the pastor and his wife, and they brought the menus out. And Denise had never been there before, so she was going through the menu. And she asked the question everyone always asks. When you go to a restaurant and somebody says, it's my favorite menu. Excuse me, it's my favorite restaurant. She said, what's, what's good on the menu? What's good? What do you recommend? He said, oh, it's, everything's good. Everything, you, you'll enjoy everything. Or he said, but the best is Mike Special. Mike Special. And Denise going through, there is no Mike Special. He said, that's right. It's my special. I'm Pastor Mike. It's Mike Special. What are you talking about? 
He says, it's a dish they make me. And he says, it's now called Mike's Special. It's not on the menu, but if you'll order Mike's Special, they'll bring it to you. Well, what is Mike's Special? He said, I've just come here, and I told him what I want. So they make a dish just for me, and it's now called Mike's Special. They take vegetables and cut them up, and they serve it on a hot plate like a fajita steaming that comes out. It's vegetables with chicken fajita meat on it, and on top of it are two eggs sunny side up. I've never seen this before. <laughs> Bring it out. Several in our group ordered Mike's special, and sure enough, here are these steaming vegetables come. You just, you just hear it sound like angels singing. You know what I'm talking about? Just, you just hear that sound. Here's, hear that sound. It's like a pillar of cloud by day over that, that fajita plate, just like the tabernacle in the Old Testament. And they set it down, and the steaming ve vegetables and the chicken fajita meat on top of it and the two eggs, Mike special. And I got to thinking about it. I got to thinking about it. You know what we often do? We, we, we order what somebody else wrote on the menu, what life has served you. But I'm here today to tell you, the Father has something special for you. The Father has something just for you. The Father has something just for your situation. God has a solution for you. God has something that's, that's designed. God has something that he's served up just for you. Just for you, young adult. High school student pushing against the wind of culture like no other generation has ever pushed that before and you're thinking you're all alone and how will you do it? <laughs> and everyone around you said that you need to lower your values. God has something for you, a promise to hold on to that'll take you into God's purpose. God has something special for you and I want to invite you to know what God will do for you because some of us are pushing against the wind against the wind and some of us have said even in the last few days everything is against me everything is going wrong the wind is against me but I want you to know the Father is for you the Father is for you would you right now, I'm going to invite the, the audience to stand together with me. Just stand right now. We're going to go into a time of, of prayer and ministry. Put your electronic device down for a moment and your Bible down. I'm just going to invite you to close your eyes and just move into a time in the Spirit. We're a Spirit-filled church, and it's always, it's always appropriate to pray in the Spirit. In the Spirit-filled church, do not feel, do not feel like that. You cannot do that and intercede in the Spirit. We're a Spirit-filled church. And I sense as we move into this altar moment to just invite the Holy Spirit to be the master of ceremonies right now. Just to invite the Holy Spirit in and the balcony and the main floor to hover in this house and to hover in this room. Yes, Holy Spirit, you're welcome here. You're welcome here. If you feel like the wind has been against you, everything seems to be resisting. Everything seems to be going against you. You've, you, you've sensed that. 
I'm going to invite you. I'm going to invite you across this auditorium, balcony or main floor to come and stand in this altar right now. Pastor, I just feel like everything is against me, but I believe the Father has something special for me today. I believe he has something just designed for me and what I need. I believe the Father has something for me. If that's you, I'm just going to invite you to come forward right now. Just come forward right now. I need something special from God today. My heart is heavy. My heart is weary. My, I, I'm fatigued. There's been, there's been unusual conflict in the home. There's been unusual financial duress. I just, I, I, I feel like I'm losing my spiritual desire, spiritual warfare. If that's you, I want to invite you to come forward. Invite you to come forward right now and just in this altar and just begin to, to, to soak in God's presence right now. Soak in God's presence. Oh, God, we worship you, Lord. We worship you, Lord. Now across this auditorium, I'm going to invite us before we go into worship just, just to linger into God's presence. And for right now, we're just going to, we're just going to say, oh, Holy Spirit, come into this house right now. God, serve something special up right now. God, just do something special in my heart, in my life. Would you do that? Would you do that? Congregation, would you join me balcony in the main floor? Would you just begin to, to vocalize? Come on, guys, let's do this. So just vocalize. I know for some of us guys, this is, this is unfamiliar and uncomfortable territory, but I, I want to invite you to get comfortable in God's presence. Oh, hallelujah. Yes, Holy Spirit, you're welcome in this place. You're welcome in this place, oh God. You're welcome in this place. You're welcome in this place. Just, just cry out unto the Lord. Just cry out unto the Lord. Maybe you're standing here for your son or your daughter, or your, your stepson, your, your stepdaughter. Maybe you're standing here for the the conflict in the home. God has something special. Oh, Holy Spirit, oh God, come into this house right now. Come into this house in the balcony in the main floor. Holy Spirit, visit us. Visit us. Visit us right now. Oh, God, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. I just sense, I just sense the unction of the Lord to invite us to lean in a little bit further. Come on, join me, Westover. Join me. Intercessory prayer is intense and intentional. Intense and intentional. Let's, let, let's, let's put more focus. Let's put more earnestness in it. Would you just join me right now? Oh, God, lift your voice. Join me, man, lift your voice. One thing missing from the house of God it's the sound of men's voices crying out for God. Let's, let's cry out to God, men. Oh, hallelujah. Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, come into this house. Holy Spirit, visit. Holy Spirit, you're welcome here. <laughs> 